You've accepted? I have. Got oh, it. Well, welcome back to the Aina McNamara podcast. I have to remember to say the name at the start, otherwise it's just welcome to the podcast and new people don't know <laughs> what podcast it is if they want to find it again. So today we have Andy from Three Pillars Fit. Is that, am I right? Three Pillars Fit? It Should is Three that. Pillars Fit or Three Pillars of Fitness. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, it is. This is, I think, the third time I would say I've had Andy on the podcast. And we just decided a minute ago, fourth time, we decided a minute ago we're going to talk all about suffering um, and what I guess the role it plays in, in life and why it isn't all negative. So just Andy, a brief introduction for anyone that maybe hasn't listened to any of them. So firstly, um, thank you for having me. Uh, we are going to try and turn this thing out in 30 minutes, which will be a record for both Aina and I. And so... Um, Without further ado, I am Andy. I run Three Pillars of Fitness Personal Training based in Sunny Brighton, about an hour south of London in the UK. And uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, reach out on social media, open up conversation, share your suffering. Perfect. Problem if, shared if you, problem halved. Exactly. And if you want to hear more about Andy's story, we've definitely touched on that in previous podcasts. <laughs> so we can look back. So Andy, what what does kind of suffering mean to you? That's a huge question, huge, huge question. And uh, I suppose that a large part of it is down to the way in which we choose to view our challenges every day. Um, and pretty much every podcast I do, and, and mostly kind of guesting with you and Sean Power, and I'm always connecting the two of you, um, but suffering is like the, the, the challenge that we go through every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the the ongoing narrative perhaps that is found in our lives and suffering I often find is uh, creating a need for escape and and that really it blows my mind my mind boggles at this constant need for escape from the things that are challenging us um, and I think we are the makers of our own suffering very often and one of the things that I always say on these podcasts is I've been through many things in my life and some of them actually happened. And, and, and I think that's the human condition. And I think just being aware of that is really, really key. Wherever I go, I find my problems. I am not isolated from my problems. I am often my problem. And for anybody that's listening, that might sound like it's quite an unforgiving narrative around what is the challenge of going through life, perhaps going through loss perhaps going to work every day and just meeting the daily grind but my question is not can we remove ourselves and escape from suffering but actually how do we coexist with it how does it strengthen us how does it develop our characters how does it make us better people how do we learn from it it's not about the failure it's about being able to step back from failure or challenge and being able to say to ourselves how do I own this? Because it's not anybody else's. It's mine. Get off of my failures. I want to learn from them. And being able to coexist with that constant challenge. And I, and I know I'm speaking to you from the place that is vulnerability, because certainly I've had my challenges. I know you've had your challenges. And the magic happens when we share those challenges. Mm-hmm. When we look 
inward, but also we don't have to be in isolation with our challenges. Yeah, that's massive. I think as well, it was, we were talking, must have been last week, and you you asked me how I was. And typically, mm-hmm. like maybe a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, fine, or everything's grand, yeah. But I was just like, do you know what? I was going going through a bit of a, a rough patch or whatever I said. I said, just dealing with a lot at the minute, but getting through it. And just even by saying that, you you can relate to that because everyone has their challenges and their problems. And recently I was away and I just started, we were talking, I was in Barcelona and we met a person, a girl for the first time. I'm not naming any names or anything, met someone for the first time. And like after about two minutes, I was there talking about counseling and stuff like this. And that opened a whole conversation that you normally wouldn't have. And she was, she just was so surprised. She was like, holy shit, I don't have these conversations. She was like, I never see people talking about this and just being open about it. That's the beauty. Within me at this point, there's, there's a visceral connection to you as a human being. Mm -hmm. There's an acceptance that you are not perfect. Awesome, mate. I want to be alongside that. That's a bus that I'm fucking getting on and I'm going to enjoy the journey, even if it's pissing down with rain and the bus happens to have no roof. Because this is the depth. Like we, we spend a great deal of our life just fucking ice skating across ice and, and we look around us and we go, how can that fucker do, do a double twist, turn, spin, and I can't even stand up on my own two feet? The reason is because they talk themselves. That even on ice, I can learn to skate. And when I learn to skate, I can get better at skating and then I can perform some tricks and then I can inspire others, not intimidate them. And that's the shit. That's this is that's that's where life happens in those moments of vulnerability. And there will be moments where we connect with another human being. And um, I don't know whether you're putting this out on an audio or whether you're going to put it out on a video, but that moment where you you spoke of what you did is actually you connected and you said, I'm here, I'm open and I'm ready. And by gifting this other human being, your vulnerability, your imperfection, she was able to say to you, that's a connection that I've never had. Because in that moment, it's a, it's a, it's a colliding of two worlds two different individuals, two different people from different situations, maybe different cultures, religions, colours, beliefs, you know, whatever it is. But there was a, there was a coming together and, it, and, it, and it's a beautiful moment whereby we go, I feel you. And, and those moments, are, they're like hugs. They are literally like one person encapsulating another and going, we are both human. We are both vulnerable. That in itself is a beautiful thing. And, and it doesn't need to develop into anything else. Mm-hmm. There's no need to fix. There's a need to connect. Yeah. I think that's- and, and for anybody that is listening, as, as Aina said that, I took a big breath in, a breath out, and then just opened my arms. Because... That in itself is it's like that's availability. I, I'm here with with you. I want to connect with you. Hmm. And it's it's funny as well because a few months ago, so I started doing counselling again this year. I've done it for two years straight, 
mm-hmm. kind of dealt with anxiety and then this time it was more like old traumas that I never dealt with and there was a period after I brought up some old trauma and got very like vulnerable and felt this like weight off my shoulders and stuff that I was just emitting like this light I think I was like oh it was like literally that feeling of weight off your shoulders is exactly what I experienced I was like holy shit and I met a guy then for the first time in Spain this was a few months ago and he was actually on my podcast but he said like he said your energy like just that energy you had he's like I want he was writing down things I want to be I want to have this characteristic that this person has or I not that I I want it I want it in a more positive way like I I aspire to it or I look up to it so he wrote down I I want to be I don't know kind and energetic like Aina or whatever it was and that was a a new energy that I was able to feel from being vulnerable myself and that was it I didn't fix it didn't heal it I just was vulnerable with somebody else yeah and what you're really talking about there is is a readiness to shift the burden and it that readiness has never been in you before my friend nope just sit with that for a moment because and i'll i'll tell you something and i and i let we, we are connected here with with this is the heart, right? I can tell you that I am very aware that today you are a lighter person. I can feel it. I can see it in your face. Yeah. I can see it in your open eyes. Yeah, and I, I feel that as well. And it's, it's funny because I would have done a lot of inner child work as well. So if anyone's not familiar with counsellor and what that is, it's where you go back to your younger self, whether you're That's beautiful too. I did loads yeah. of that and I, I actually, yes. this, I tried it before, say two years ago with my other counselor and it, it didn't, it wasn't that it didn't work. I wasn't ready for it. I was yes. somewhere else. Whereas this yeah. time I was ready. I was like, right, if I don't deal with whatever's going on and take this on board, nothing's going to yeah. get better for me. So Isn't it a- I, I started having, I just, I started having this visualization of sometimes if I start to feel a bit maybe angry or sad or upset with someone. I have this vision of little me inside my stomach, like kind of clawing out at the other person and their little them inside them. And it's like, okay, I need to remember that, you know, that person has sensitivities and insecurities and feelings and emotions as well, do you know? And and the moment that we recognise that we are just over large children and we have, we still have all of that, but maybe we aren't any longer able to run towards our parents to put a plaster on our knee and to hold us and say, it will be okay, mate, is the point at which you recognize, and it's, and it's a maturity. It's absolutely a maturity. Um, When you can become your own parent, when you can encourage yourself, when you can nurse your own wounds, when you can congratulate yourself for your own growth or development, when you can ask more from yourself, when you can look yourself in the eye and go, do you know what? Today wasn't perfect, but it's me and I am imperfect. Then you can generally, genuinely win every day. You can embrace what it's truly like to be human. And I believe the world is a beautiful place. I do believe the world is a beautiful place. And I, I feel like, and maybe it's naive, but I was thinking 
the kind of temperance of this constant awareness that life is both temporary and fragile and almost everlasting and being able to walk that line between the two places because I won't be here in 40, 50 years, but the world will in one shape or form, regardless of what you believe, whether there's going to be an apocalypse or whatever, you know, whatever you believe, then that is quite an interesting place to work from. And I think the very nature of being alive is that with every year that passes, you almost are able to reinvent who you are, what you care about, what your values are, what you believe in, how you want to deal with life's challenges. And this constant need to escape, I find really interesting. Because we're trying to escape from life. Which to me is a waste. To me is like, this is what it is to be alive. The good, the bad and the ugly. It's a freedom to experience every emotion. And it's not a pursuit of perfection. It's a pursuit of almost personal branding and progress. And, and when you talk about the little child, it's really beautiful because that little child, and it, it, you go right back to being a very small child where your, your, your parents were there perhaps to, to hug you and give you a kiss and send you off to school with your packed lunch and, you know, uh, you know, we go right back to even breastfeeding or, or milk as a child. We were always able to lean onto somebody else. And yet if we can bring that power within ourselves to soothe our own pains without needing to escape them, to be with them, to explore that baggage, the, the stuff that you're now doing, which for a long time was off limits, now is your time to go into that room and to choose what you see in that room and to choose what you take out mm. and to, to see it in a different light, which is maturity. That's not what you had previously. And the most beautiful thing, I think, is that tomorrow you will have more of that. You will be a more mature human being tomorrow. And so age for ages, like live it your way, of course, but it's not to be, it's not to, to, it's not to be concerned about. It's a maturity. We're like cheese. We get better with age. Yeah, yeah we get stronger. Yeah, and and I think I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So what what are some of the things that because I think when it comes to suffering, people think that suffering is like losing somebody and a bad car crash and like all of these terrible things, but suffering can be so much more minuscule. Like what is, are the things you suffered with today or yesterday or this week? Good question. Um, what have I suffered with? Okay. So, so firstly, loss is suffering. But also, so is fear of loss. So recognising that 
actually, at some stage, I am going to lose. I'm going to lose a loved one. I'm going to lose my health. But also recognising that the fear is its own entity. The fear is playing a different record. And the the conversation, um, my own suffering. Okay, so for the majority of my entire life, uh, my my right side has not operated as well as my left. And there'll be many people listening to this that go, that's pretty normal. Not to the point where it is weak. It feels detached from your own body. It doesn't perform. You get injured because I'm I'm a grafter. I'm somebody that works. You say to me, go and do that, Andy, and it make your life better. I'll fucking work at it. I will chip away at that bastard thing until I get a move forward. I will get progress. But I'm, I'm somebody now that's been spending uh, 20 years in the gym. Uh, my, my story, Redevelopment Reinvention, which is another, another story, another podcast perhaps. But I've been in the gym for 20 years and, and I've made progress and I've lost eight and a half standing body weight, but I've never felt that connectivity that is the one body and mind, the body mind. So it, for me, it's been, and I just got really, really fucked off with it. And I, I thought to myself, I can't deal with this on my own. I've been to chiropractors, I've been to osteopaths, I've been to, um, I've done meditation, I've done trauma, um, I've learned mindset, and I can't overcome this physical mountain. I went to the physio, a very well-trusted physio, um, and it basically went, you need to reinvent your gym program, forget your left side, train the right until they both come back together. And for me, that's been massively powerful this week because all of a sudden I can feel my core. And it's really interesting. Three pillars of fitness are exercise, nourishment, and mindset. I've been exercising. I've been nourishing. And I've been really positive in what I've thought and said and and, and caught, kind of brought into my life, but I've never felt like that one thing has come together and it is almost like going back to a time when those challenges weren't there. And so putting myself in front of a physio and then learning from uh, a lot of stuff from Tom Waldron recently, Tom Waldron movement, um, he would say movement is medicine. It just completely opens up the eyes and the mind and the brain and the, the, the heart, there is this thing that when we do start to move our own mountain, it's actually quite emotional because we carried that baggage for so long and we explored different things. And it's, it's, a, it's a willingness, a willingness to be vulnerable. So you, You've chosen to go down the counselling route. I've chosen to go the physio route. In you helping you, you were able to help that that lady in Barcelona. In me helping me, I've been able to help a client this morning. And that really is purpose, it's value, and it's, uh, I believe, and (laughs) something I've said many times this morning, I believe that we are here to do that. 
we are here to be vulnerable. We are here to treat ourselves as our own best client. We are here to say we matter too. We're not just here to run a PT business. We're not here to crank out results. We're here for a sense of contentment, fulfillment, peace and love. Mm -hmm. And for ourselves, as well as everybody else. And sometimes it's very difficult to bring it back to us. But if we do that and we serve us, then we can serve others much better. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to say that by working on yourself and now, let's say figuring that out and having that coming together of things, mind and body, you're now able to give that to other people. I'm sure and there's things you've learned from that physio. And I think even if you're not a trainer, like if you're just... I don't know, not just, but if you're working a nine to five job, an office job, by going out and learning these things and being vulnerable, you're then able to give to someone else. Like I've had so many clients that have, you know, explored the idea of like calories with maybe their parents or people who've never had that concept before. And they're like, oh, it's so cool being able to help people. And these are all these things you get from being vulnerable and by going to other experts in different fields. It doesn't have to be a trainer, it doesn't have to be a physio, it could be could be something completely different like i'm considering doing art classes soon and there's guaranteed there's things that i i will learn for myself but there's things i'll take from that that i can give to other people as well and pass yeah. on i really want to do life drawing yeah <laughs> yeah because I, again the human the human being just like blows my mind the very fact that we're here and we're alive the very fact that we have opportunity to create these connections the very fact that we can be creative the very fact that being creative is subjective Ain't nobody going to come and say, my painting, shit, it's the best painting I've ever done. And just explore that. Explore that for what it is. Explore it as an experience, not as an output. It doesn't have to be an output to be valid. You would, I'm going to crash in with um, uh, another podcast. Uh, John Bishop, he's a Liverpudlian comedian, and his friend do a, a podcast, which I think you'll appreciate, called Three Little Words. And they get famous people to come in. They do their three little words. And I was thinking this the other day. And I, I've listened to a lot of these podcasts. And, and my three little words, if we were going to go down that route, would be suffering or disease, dis-ease and disease in both senses of the world. word, escape and love. Because Why those, why those three? If you've got love... In a moment of dis-ease or disease, you don't need to escape. Even at the even at the hardest point in your life. And it was something that I watched last year with my auntie suffering. And I became powerless and I had to become at peace with that. I did my best, I served her, but I also laid beside her on the bed as she died. And I was in a very fortunate position to kiss her on the head as she lay dying for every single member of my family. And that will shape the rest of my days. And watching that woman deteriorate in the way that she did, she never lost hope. She never lost love. She never lost a sense of humour. And she was suffering with both mental anxiety and dis-ease, as well as cancer that had run through her entire body and 
for me being there beside her, one of my best friends, my confidant, my my inspiration, my second mum, to go through that moment, I feel truly grateful. Truly grateful. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But it changed my outlook on the world and it, 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 it just taught me that through love and through acceptance, through connection, we can go through dis-ease and disease. Whatever that means to you, together and no regrets. And, and it's made me a better person. And it's made me more empathetic. It's made me more open. It's made me appreciate life more. It's made me want to experience more because some people don't have that privilege. I am very privileged and I'm very grateful that I experienced that. And the flip side of that record, and I, and I, one of the analogies that I came up with yesterday was if you're constantly playing the A side of a record, and it's doing this. It's then before my do... time, Andy. Huh? It's before my time. We, but I, I mean, I collect records, so yeah. play the other side. Or if you're listening to a Spotify playlist and you don't like a song, move it on. Yeah. Because we have choice. You don't have to be victim to your song. You can change the words. You can change the rhythm. You can change every factor within that environment. Now, there are, of course, people listening to this, and they may be in abusive relationships and they may be struggling to put food on the plate. And that is hard. But I am going to suggest that you have got tools to either move away from that suffering or to think of it in a different way and to start planning the route that puts you at the centre of your life and allows you to support others. Because love is timeless, acceptance, non-judgmental, is that's, the, that's life. That's what we want to be embracing. And there's going to be shit days. But if you can look within you and go, I've been through tough times. I've evidenced this, I've evidenced this, I've evidenced this, I've evidenced this. I have everything I need. Then we don't need to be confiding in food or excessive drinking binges or going on holiday at the drop of every two minutes. We can embrace life as it is today instead of searching constantly for more yeah but the question we have to ask for is what are we searching are we searching for escape because if you are searching for escape and you come back to normality the normality gets worse because you've gone from one one end of the spectrum to the other well what about being somewhere in the middle yeah what about embracing that and i think that was fairly evident to me I guess and something that came to my mind when so I was in Barcelona for five days and I was looking forward to that coming up to it was like right it's gonna be nice to get away do some skydiving mm -hmm. get some sun work continue was it was it Barcelona that you skydived yeah 
I didn't realise that. I thought it was Ireland. No, but I'll probably Sunny be in Ireland. Ireland as well. But um, I was also looking forward to coming back. You know, I wasn't like, oh, fuck, I have to go back to this normal life now. And uh, I was like, no, I'm coming back to the a high five through the screen again. I'm coming back to this life that I've created for myself that I love. And I'm yes, looking forward mate. to seeing all the yes, people that I love. Yes, Yes. I have relatives over now as well that I was... I have a cousin over I haven't seen in, I think it's eight years, maybe more. It could be between eight and ten years. And she has a child and I've gotten to meet her. And I so looked forward to that. And, you know, if you're, I think, at the other other end of it and choosing for suffering to take over and constantly chase and escape, you don't get to actually appreciate these things and realize how grateful you should be for having all these things to come back to. And like I have a roof to come back to. I have people to come back to that love me. And, yeah. you know, that's and, not so bad. And that's, again, overused word, beautiful. I, I wanted to ask you a question as well. What is there one thing that you learned from your aunt or one, one main thing? I know there's probably lots of things, but is there one thing that you can take from that, even though it was really sad and I'm sure you'd love to have her here, there's definitely something you've taken from her. her many, life. many lessons. Yeah. Many, 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 many lessons. Too many to even You could recount. write a book on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that could be a podcast idea for, for you. I can't. Not one, Aina. Not one. Just um, let me freewheel with some of the things that, that sure, she yeah. taught me. Um, a visceral love of family and their imperfection. A capacity to see that there's always somebody suffering more than us. She, she was riddled in cancer and getting weaker and weaker and weaker and she would still put on the news and watch cancer stories and say... That poor 12-year-old kid, I've had 50 years more than them. Aren't I lucky? Um, generosity that knows no bounds. Uh, a willingness to serve. A deep sense of purpose. I am not alone. Uh, connectivity. Friendship. Experience. So not not necessarily very very generous with um, with and I, I look around this room and this is my little office studio that that there's a Completely wooden whale blurred on the out wall. at the minute so I can't see anything only there's you. a wooden whale on the wall there's um, uh, what else is there in this like everywhere everywhere around me is my auntie uh, a bee she was a Mancunian and a, certainly a worker bee. Magnets from our holidays in Cornwall. That the, the the time we spent together was absolutely full of love, and often in the smallest things. You know, in the the cloud in the sky, a pebble on the beach. There's millions of pebbles, but actually, also somebody that, regardless of what I was going through, was able to cheerlead, and there's something that recurs in my life is a constant and that is a curiosity and it's a wonder for the world the world blows my mind it absolutely the, the very fact that we are here that the sky is blue and the grass is green and i'm sure somebody will argue that point with me it whoa 
what a privilege. Yeah, and that curiosity and that love of life that was understood. And I could say anything to my auntie and she would on board with it. Somehow she understood. Even if she didn't agree, she'd understand. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is amazing because if you speak to my family in Manchester, there's probably 10 or 12 of them up there. They all felt that. So she didn't just do that for me. She did it for my mum. She did it for her three other sisters. She did it for my uncle. She did it for my nieces. She did it for their children. She did it for her friends. And um, I am not grieving loss. I'm grateful for what I had and what I continue to have. And there was a pivotal moment on that day where we said goodbye to her and we celebrated life and it was carrying her coffin with uh, my uncle, my brother, uh, my cousin's husband, five or six of us. And I walked into the, the little chapel. My auntie was on my shoulder and as we walked in, there was a television with about 150 photographs of wonderful memories. And in that moment, it was either break and fall to the ground or look at the photos and remember what you had. And there was an energy that came through me at that very moment. And it was, and I, I do this when, I, when, I'm, when I'm dealing with stuff, I am right on the cusp of outward laughter, roaring laughter or crying. And both of those things move through me at the same time. And as I walked in and I had my auntie on my shoulder, there was this moment where there was an outpouring or literally a second or two. First of all, it was a cry out. And as soon as it left my mouth, my body, it became laughter. And from that moment on, it felt like she is no longer suffering. I am no longer suffering alongside her. She is free. Never to experience pain again and in great company in heaven. And that's the record I'm going to play. Yeah. Every single day without fail. And I'm going to dance to it because that's I owe it to her. And it made me think as well of... I. We probably won't touch too much on it because we have to wrap this up soon. But the post I was, I don't know, did I say it in the post yesterday, but I was writing about, I had so many different, I had it written out three times and I was like, right, I'll pick this because I want to get the right message across. And it's kind of a hard topic to talk, talk about the beach body thing. And I know that's very different, but in it, in one of them anyway, I had written, people aren't going to remember you for whether or not you had abs or how much body fat you're holding. They're going to remember you for the experience and the, like, I guess the impact they left on your life, that's what you're going to remember. You're not going to think back to your aunt and say, oh, she was, she was great, but she didn't have abs. You know, like, these things aren't that important, and we place far too much value on them, because what actually matters is how are you impacting others? Yeah. And 
yeah, that's it's just so much more important, I think. And then, and then also, what do those people choose that that impact means to them? Because, you know, you could put us together in this room and we'd have a different conversation. We could, we could end this meeting, we could come back, we could do it again. We'd be in a completely different frame of mind. And I, and I love that, that capacity to move with the times. And um, that, that, again, I find is, is beautiful. And it's almost like you transcend through your life, given where you are at any moment. And sometimes there will be readiness and sometimes there won't. And that will come back to a lot of the clients that we work with. Mm. We know what needs to happen. The client knows what needs to happen. The question is, are they ready? And that would bring me back around to thinking about behavioural change as a process. And it would bring me back around to kind of uh, how we communicate as as coaches. and how we allow everybody to make their own choices about their destination. Our job is to allow people to see their choices because we do have them. We do have them. And there may be many people that touched as a nerve for them at this point because for a long time, their own record, the A side of their record has been doing this. And it's been telling them, things are fixed. They are always going to be this way. I promise you they're not. There is hope. There is change. And uh, I think that's really, it's a difficult time to be hopeful if we look at the world. But if we look to ourselves and we look to what we've got, then hope is all around us. It's there. It's fucking everywhere. It's just about choosing how we see it. And if you want to find a shitstorm, you'll find it. And if you want to find hope and you want to find gratitude, you will find that too. And initially that switch is it's not a light switch. You can't switch it on and switch it off. It's you might think of it as a dimmer voice. switch. Yeah. If you can dim the frustration and the, the difficulty you turn that one down and you turn up the bright and the hope and the love and the care and the connection and the vulnerability, then we can rebalance those two things quite beautifully. Uh, and it, there will come a time. There will come a time. Patience and compassion in those moments as well. Yeah. I, I think the thing as well is you don't, you never know it's a cat crying outside the door. This has just been one of those mornings. Um, there was a dog next door that came out and I had to put him back twice and then put him inside. And I went to the gym and it was locked and the key was left out somewhere, but I didn't know and I had left and come back and I spilled a protein shake all over myself. These are all the, the things, everyday life. Um, but the thing I was going to say was we don't know when we're going to be ready for that change or, you know, be a weight loss as an example, because we're both dealing with a lot of clients that want to lose weight and potentially a lot of weight, you might not be ready right now and that's fine. And if you're not ready, you can focus on other things like compassion, like understanding yourself, like figuring out why it is that you're wanting to escape this life and maybe focusing on actual weight loss or whatever your goal is, isn't the best course of action right now. It might be yeah. focused on- And again, just to, to kind of 
to look into that thing that is escape, we don't have to escape the old life, but we can create new. You know, and that's like planting the seed and watering it every day. Yeah. And keep watering it and keep watering it and keep watering it. And I had a eureka moment yesterday, and it's a, it's a really silly one in complete contrast to what you wrote yesterday about six-pack and abs. I'm in a better shape physically than I've been for a long time. And although I've been in and out of gyms for the best part of 20 years, yesterday was the first time I can be in the gym changing room in my own underpants without worrying about what everybody else is thinking of me. And so as I come here and I share these things with you, I am still on my journey. But I am still hopeful and I'm aware that there's more available to me. Because all of a sudden, through the physicality of going into the gym, I feel like one human with a, a good, solid foundation. And, and as a human being, I do have the capacity to deal with whatever challenge is in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I can, and I will, because there really is no alternative. As tough it is, as it is, those tough times will inform you. They'll make you more empathetic. They'll make you more able to serve your clients. And that in itself is a wonderful thing. And sometimes I think in a day, in a, in a, what you were saying yesterday about the physicality of six pack abs and all that sort of stuff, it comes with compromise and it comes with, with quite a big cost. And that cost is not always a positive thing for us. It can become a disordered relationship with the self. And so I believe, and I'm going to go against many uh, mentors and personal training coaches. You know, we, we sometimes we get a bit frustrated running our own business. We say, right, I need to get better at that. We go and get a mentor. And the mentor says, you must be a results-based business. You must be able to post X number of transformations on your Instagram timeline month after month after month. What happens if we simply stand beside our clients in their moment of suffering and let them see the suffering in a different way? What happens if we just hold their hand in a way that's never been afforded to them before? so that they start to see opportunity. That would be perfectly acceptable for a good number of people out there who are saying, I'm not sure I'm ready for the PT journey. I'm not sure I can do burpees or jumping jacks or deadlifts or whatever it is. Perhaps we need somebody just to hold our hand before we embark on the journey that shows us what's available that can help us temper the way that we view the world. And it's not psychology. Yeah. It's day-to-day -day practice. It's personal development. It's personal awareness. Yeah, and it's, it's not doing things because you feel like you have to do them. It's doing things because you feel like you're in a place to want to do them. And that you want to prioritize them like i have Again. A, a client who her initial goal is weight loss and she's done th over three months she only started exercising this week or last week 
because she was ready to do that. She was ready to get some weights and start doing that. And for some other coaches out there, they might think that what sort of a coach are you? But I was working on other areas that are going to lead her to sustainable health and happiness for the rest of her life. And everyone's journey on that is completely different. Some people will start with five training days a week and that's absolutely fine. They're in a position to do that. They've maybe less baggage baggage and less to deal with. And Well, I like that because that makes you a personal trainer, mate. Yeah, personal. 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 Yeah. And it's not about your ego. It's no. not about your deadlifts. It matters not to fucks what you choose to eat each day. It's about the journey that you're going to catalyze for that client. It's the hand-holding. It's the, what, the questioning. Mm. Um, you would be blown away by Gary Mendoza's work. I'll definitely look into it. And I recommend that to Sean as well. And I, I actually believe it's exceptional value what Gary does because it fucking makes you think differently, mate. Yeah. And you're already on that journey. But when you feel ready, when you feel ready... Go and embrace it. Go and expose yourself to it because it will it will change a great deal. It really will change the outlook. From uh, we're not whip we're not whip crackers. We're not ringleaders. We are supporters. We are catalyzers. We are nurturers. We are holding people accountable, but we're doing it in a constructive way. And if you build a palace on a swamp, the swamp heats the palace. So sometimes we've got to work on the foundation first. In fact, all times we've got to work on the foundation. Always, always talk about that. And with every client, that's what I do is focus on the foundation. But I love that analogy. I think I'm going to take that one. I said, if you built a house on on sand or, you know, you build a shitty foundation, eventually the house is going to crumble. If you build it on a solid, sturdy foundation that's going to last, it'll be there for the rest of your life. And that's. Yeah. And that comes back for me. That's compassion. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap it up because we could easily stay here for another another hour. So thank you for coming on. And where is it? It's Instagram mainly. You have a website as well. Where can people find you if they want yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, www.3pillarsoffitness, the word three, pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S, of fitness.com. Uh, check it out. Reach out. Share your vulnerabilities. Uh, let's open up those communications because one of the most powerful things we can do is talk. And that's the very purpose of these podcasts and these, these opportunities, a meeting of minds, a meeting of hearts. And perhaps at some point over the next couple of days, the penny will drop in your money box or mine and we'll go. There's something big there to take away. So always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Likewise. I always have something that I gain from, the podcast which is why i love doing them with you so thank you